listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for March 7th, 2021, the third Sunday in Lent. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Good morning, everybody. This is an unlearned sermon. And in fact, I invite you also to unlearn so much of what you think you know about the life of Jesus so that perhaps we can all make room to learn something new about the life of Jesus. So much of what we know about the life of Jesus, how we think about the life of Jesus, comes from the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. These three gospels have uh, roughly the same synopsis of Jesus's life. And every time we hear from the gospel according to John, we have the possibility of meeting Jesus again for the first time. And such is our opportunity this morning. Now, we all know the synoptic summary. When Jesus is 29 or 30, he goes to the Jordan River, and there he meets with John the Baptist. He descends into those waters, and as he's coming up out of the waters, the dove of the Holy Spirit lands upon him and says, this is my beloved son, and Jesus experiences his divine calling. The Spirit immediately drives him into the wilderness where he climbs up into the mountains and spends 40 days and 40 nights clarifying his calling. And when that is complete, he goes back to his hometown of Nazareth, and he goes into that small synagogue, and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And when he folds it up, he said, this is me. This is the public outing of his ministry. His old townsfolks are not so pleased with him, and they threaten to throw him off the cliff, right? And he walks right through them in what would make a great movie scene, and he moves up about that 25 kilometers to the Sea of Galilee. And there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he calls his first disciples who are fishermen. He preaches and teaches about the kingdom of God. He heals people who are are stricken by infirmities, and he does miracles as a sign of, of the godly gift that he has. And then after a certain lengthy period of time, it says that he sets his face toward Jerusalem, and he comes from the north down through Samaria and down through Jericho and then on up toward Jerusalem. And there he comes down over the Mount of Olives and into Jerusalem and has a ministry, a short ministry, for the last week of his life in the holy city of Jerusalem. And on one of those days, he cleanses the temple. And this is the last straw where the authorities set out to take his life, which they do on a Friday afternoon. This is the story of Jesus' life that all of us so know. I want to unlearn a little bit of that. Here's how it unfolds in John's Gospel. Jesus goes to Bethany beyond the Jordan, that is, the Jordanian side of the River Jordan, and there John the Baptist has a community. In John's Gospel, there is no baptism. But John the Baptist bears witness to Jesus as the Lamb of God, the Son of God, that he has seen the dove of the Spirit alight upon him. Jesus already knows who he is. 
And then while he is in John's community, disciples begin to follow them. This is on the shores of the Jordan River and not on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And then it says that he, he decides to go up to the Galilee region, and there he goes to Cana, which is, oh, I don't know, maybe seven miles from Nazareth. And there with his mother, he goes to the wedding of Cana of Galilee. And we all know that wonderful story at the beginning of the second chapter of John's Gospel where he turns water into wine. And it says at the end of that miracle, what in John's Gospel is known as a sign, at the end of that sign, this was done so that his disciples would believe. He then goes to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and the disciples. I love that little one sentence because it sounds like he's taking a break and going for a brief vacation. And then comes the story of Jesus going to Jerusalem for the Passover. This story of the cleansing of the temple in the gospel that we just read. It says that it is a Passover. In the synoptic gospels, Jesus goes to one Passover in Jerusalem. In John's gospel, he goes to three, and some might even argue four. And it says that he went up to Jerusalem. Well, as you know from reading the scriptures, everybody goes up to Jerusalem, no matter what direction they come from. People go up to the holy city. And while he is there, of course, uh, he is in the outer precinct of the temple grounds. This is the area for the Gentiles. And they are, of course, selling all of the, the doves and the cattle. And this is, of course, for the Passover. This is to make the ritual sacrifice. And he makes a whip of cords that is out of the hay. He binds the hay and he, and he gets rid of some of, in John's gospel, the larger animals. And then he goes over and he tips over the money changers and he tips the table over. He's a table thrower in this story, of course, right? And then, of course, with all of this going on, he, he wants to, he is consumed by this zeal, right? And the disciples mention that from a psalm. And then they say, what sign, what authority do you have to do all this? They have no idea who Jesus is. Maybe a Galilean by sight. He is a carpenter's son, or perhaps we might think of that more as a stonemason. And he gives them this enigmatic response, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. Well, this is the beginning of Jesus speaking this way and the authorities hearing this way, this great disconnect. And then they say that, how can this be? It took 46 years to build this. Well, that 46 years was started by Herod the Great between 18 and 20 B.C., B.C.E. And that's when Herod wanted to flatten the top of Mount Moriah in what is known as the Temple Mount in a space that is 35 football fields large. And then the scriptures go on to say, but with reference to, we'll raise it up in three days. He is talking about the temple of his body. Now that's a big line because what he is talking about here is that people go to the temple to meet God, but the day will come when they will go to Jesus to meet God. And this is a foreshadow of this. And then the disciples have a memory line. After he was raised from the dead, they remembered what he had said and they believed in the scriptures and they believed in the word that Jesus had spoken. So the words of Jesus begin to become scripture. And it is almost as though nobody can understand 
the actions of Jesus until after the resurrection. Now, the story, as I just unfolded it to you, those of you who read the Gospels know there are certain things that are left out, but it is greatly the same. So what's the big difference with this story in John's Gospel? Well, the big difference is this. This story is at the beginning of John's Gospel and not at the end of the Synoptic Gospels. In John's Gospel, the story of the cleansing of the temple is not the last straw that broke the camel's back. It is the first straw that broke the camel's back. And in John's Gospel, this story of the cleansing of the temple is Jesus's calling card. This is his announcement of his public ministry. And it also presents Jesus in a very different paradigm than the Synoptic Gospels. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus is something of an itinerant preacher and healer. But in John's Gospel, he is a confronter, a disturber of the peace. T.S. Eliot has that brilliant verse, do I dare disturb the universe? Jesus dared disturb the universe. Jesus starts off as a change agent. You all know that international bestseller, Who Moved My Cheese? Jesus is a cosmic divine cheese mover. And in this movement, he drives out the cattle. He's a table thrower. He is announcing he is here and he is moving temple cheese. He is moving cheese in a big way. And this is his coming out party. This is his announcement of his public ministry. This is not the small synagogue in Nazareth. This is not the wedding at Cana of Galilee. This is the center of religious life in his world. This is the heart of the Jewish nation. In John's Gospel, Jesus' story is not an off-Broadway story that comes to Broadway. It is a story about Broadway that begins in Broadway, right? This is Jesus' calling card to the people of Israel. And throughout the Gospel according to John, we see Jesus confronting people. That is what he does. And in fact, from John's perspective, confrontation with the risen Christ is the only reason that anyone would ever believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we see that in the resurrection stories where he confronts Mary, who's been waiting and searching at the tomb. Remember, she thinks he's the gardener. And then he confronts the disciples who are hidden behind a closed door. He moves into that space without their knowing how. And then he confronts Thomas, who doesn't believe. And he says, stick your finger in my flesh. And then in my favorite passage in the whole of the scriptures, the three most poignant sentences, he confronts Peter on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and says to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus confronts us too. 
He disturbs our universe. He disturbs our peace. He moves our cheese to move us closer to God. That's his job. That's his calling. And he does not back down. The only question is, how are we going to react? Find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.